Holinesses for everyone, welcome back to the St. Dominic Savio podcast. I am Father Tyler Tenbarge, the chaplain and director of the Father DDA House of Discernment and the vocation director for the Diocese of Evansville. In this installment, we are moving on to chapter 11 and 12 of La Vita of St. Dominic Savio, written by his mentor and priest, Father John Bosco. And with us today to read chapters 11 and 12 is Jacob Grolick. Jacob is a graduate of Modern Day High School on the west side of Evansville, a parishioner at Corpus Christi Parish, a recent alumni of the alumnus of the House of Discernment, and a student at USI. Can you say hello, Jacob? Hello, Jacob. Thank you. The tradition continues. If you'd like to follow along with us, you may find the link to this PDF in the show notes, or you can just sit back and enjoy this episode listening to the life of St. Dominic, uh, showing us that it's possible to find virtue and your vocation even at a young age. of Dominic Savio, Chapter 11. Various Incidents, His Attractive Manner with His Companions. Although Dominic, as we have seen, was imbued with the desire to do good to souls, it did not, as some mistaken people might imagine, tend to make him melancholy or mournful. On the contrary, he was the life of the recreation time, though he, was very, though he very wisely knew how to turn every opportunity to account. When others had something to say or a story to tell, he never interrupted or criticized, but when conversation flagged, he had an inexhaustible fund of entertaining information and anecdotes which were highly interesting to his companies. He knew just when to seize the opportunity of speaking if it were necessary to deal with grumbling or murmuring or something not approved of. His manner was so cheerful and attractive that he counted among his companies even those who were least disposed to piety or were of an opposite nature to his own, and they always took in good part whatever insinuation or hint he might give them. Once, when the boys were at play in an open space, a man came up and joined the conversation. He was amusing at first, and had a story or two that suited the curiosity of young people. But when he had made himself at home a little, he went on to speak of religious subjects and priests and the like, and treated them with ridicule and, dis and disrespect. Many of the boys noticed the change in conversation and went off to play. Others stayed on. But when Dominic arrived, he stopped for a moment to listen, but immediately saw what the man was about, and without any hesitation, said to the boys around him, Don't stay here listening to such a degraded man. He is only trying to corrupt souls. The boys were accustomed to Dominic's influence in regard to such things, and all moved away, leaving the man alone. The latter retired discomforted and never tried his persuasive arts in that neighborhood again. This influence of Dominic's greatly increased, so that he could usually persuade the boys against any course in which he saw that evil might lurk. There was at the oratory at the time a little society composed of the better and more able boys who endeavored to check any wrongdoings amongst the rest and to deal with any unruly ones amongst them. Savio belonged to it, and played a foremost part in it. Whatever little presents came to him, he reserved them to add weight to his persuasion. Sometimes he would seize an opportunity in the games, when a boy on whom he had designs was a partner of his, 
to ask him to promise to go to confession with him on the following Saturday. As Saturday usually seemed a long way off, the boy generally consented. But Dominic did not let him forget it, and when Saturday came, he would take the boy off to church, as pleased with, with success of his little ruse as a sportsman is in securing his prize. In this way, it often happened that a boy, on whom a hundred sermons would be lost, would at once succumb to some novel method invented by Dominic's zeal for souls. However, it occasionally happened that on that appointed day, the boy who had promised to accompany him to confession would be missing. As soon as Dominic saw him again, he would say, Ah, you disappointed me. You didn't keep your promise. The boy would bring forward some excuse, but he was never able to convince Dominic, who easily explained to the boy that he had been caught in one of the devil's tricks for putting off confession. He would then go on to show him how happy he would be afterwards if he made a good confession and get him to make another promise. It always happened that these boys would go to Dominic afterward and tell him how glad they were for having followed his advice and that they would go, to, go frequently to the sacraments in the future. It is a common thing that among a great number of boys, a few were left more or less severely alone, whether on account of their peculiar character or some defect or something uninviting about them. Sometimes, too, these are the object of ridicule and torment of their companions and are sorely in need of a friend. Dominic was always on the lookout for these. He was frequently in their company, entertaining them in one way or another. Others, who through ignorance or neglect were disposed to be mischievous or bad, Dominic took in hand and always brought them to a better frame of mind. With the sick again, he was in great demand, so that in one way or another, Savia was a real apostle and put into practice his great ideal of drawing souls to God. Chapter 12. His Spirit of Prayer. His Devotion to the Holy Mother of God. The Month of May. Dominic was evidently endowed with special gifts from God, and among them was his devotion and fervor in prayer. It seemed to be part of his very nature to converse with God, and no matter where he was or what noises or games might be going on around him, his recollection was never disturbed, and his spontaneous prayers were nonetheless frequent. At the general prayers of the boys, his manner can be only described as that of an angel. His attitude was devotion itself. He never seemed to want to rest even his elbows, but, kneeling and with his hands joined, his eyes cast down, he gave himself up to communion with God. To look on him thus was to be edified. In 1854, the Count Kays was elected president in the sodality of St. Aloysius that was established at the oratory. The first time he was present at the function of the sodality, he saw a boy at prayer with such an air of rapt devotion that he was immediately struck by him. He inquired about him afterwards, and of course, it was our young friend. Dominic always managed to spend some part of his recreation in the chapel, generally getting a companion to go with him, though he need not stay as long as Dominic did. His devotion to our Blessed Lady was like a burning fire within him. Every day he practiced some act of mortification in her honor. Attracted by her heavenly beauty, he had no desire of gazing on things of earthly mold, and the thought of her purity and modesty prevented him from taking interest in the ordinary entertaining sights of the town, which so much attract the average boy. This abstraction or deep recollection, when out in the streets, 
was frequently re remarked upon by his companions, and he generally explained it by saying he was thinking of something far more interesting in connection with Our Lady in Heaven. To her, he offered special devotions in the course of the day, particularly on Friday in honor of the Seven Sorrows, and he placed his own purity of soul in the keeping of the that Immaculate Virgin. It was therefore a natural development that he should be carried away with special fervor during the month of May. There were always extra services in the church for the benefit of the public, and the boys took part in them. But Dominic was not satisfied with that. He arranged with certain companions to perform extra devotions every day, and he prepared a stock of examples and anecdotes concerning the devotion to Our Lady. With the aid of these, he urged not a few boys to make an effort to celebrate the month with fervor. Needless to say, he received Holy Communion every day during that period and was a shining example to all those that came in contact with him. A little incident is told in connection with this month. It was proposed by someone that a little altar should be erected in the dormitory to which Dominic belonged, and a collection was made all around for contributions toward its expense. Savio found himself among the number of boys who had no pocket money at the time. Yet it was not to be thought that he should be out of the contribution to such a good cause. He soon conceived a plan. He had among his books one that was of some value, which he had received as a prize. He proposed that this should be sold and proceeds given to the altar. Others thought they would adopt the same plan. They accordingly got together a few of their things that might be desirable in the eyes of companions, and arranged to have a sort of lottery. Purchasers were soon found, and the result was ample for the decoration of the altar. Its adornment was to be done after night prayers, by special permission, but Dominic was expressly advised to go to bed, as he had not been feeling well as late. He obeyed, but it was quite a sacrifice for him to be deprived of something that he thought tended directly to the honor of her, of whom he was one of the most devout clients. And there we have it, chapters 11 and 12 of The Life of St. Dominic Savio, written by John Bosco, Jacob Growlick. Well done. What'd you think, man? I love this book. It's awesome. Good. I'm glad you like it. So Jacob actually had to record some of that while I was out of the room. Typically, for those guys who have been recording with me or have seen or heard about this, typically I sit here and I kind of manage things as we go. Jacob did the entire first chapter by himself, and so there's very little cutting um, in that chapter, which is actually pretty amazing. So... Um, you can tell he's a tech guy because he knows how to do things technical, technologically. I can't even speak tech. Anyways, uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about the chapters themselves to find out what we thought was interesting so it could be applicable to live today. So, Jacob, do you have first things that you would like to discuss? Um, I would describe Dominic in one word as devoted. Like, he, he is so committed to... Uh, confession in, in chapter 11 and Mary in chapter 12. He doesn't let hardly anything get in the way of, of his devotions and even so far as to convince the other boys to go with him to confession um, and to erect an altar for, for Mary. It's um, He's just devoted. Yeah, which is 
pretty rare. I mean, most guys, uh, most young men don't even want to go to church uh, when they have to, let alone do extra things. And on top of wanting to do extra things themselves, wanting to get their friends involved, right? So so the one thing that struck me most uh, was actually in chapter 12. I can get it pulled up here. Um, in chapter 12, it's talking about the month of, uh, what month is it, Jacob? Do you remember which one it is? May. Month of May, which is Mary's month, or one of the, one of the months that we offer to Mary each year. Um, anyways, in the month of May, Dominic wanted to do extra things. And so he says that there were always extra services in the church to benefit everybody. And the boys at the oratory, or like all the students that John Bosco had in his school, had to take part in the extra things. Just like if you're at a Catholic school, you have to go to Mass on All Saints Day, right? Because it's a solemnity. Anyway, so, so Dominic, though, was not satisfied with that. So he took companions together. And actually, Jacob, do you remember what some of the things they did? Do you remember what, anything they did as part of to make their celebration better? Uh, yeah, he um, he took some of his uh, books that were particularly valuable. He um, it says one that he received as a prize, and he uh, got together with some of the other boys, and they got some of their things, and they sold them um, as uh, in a lottery, and that was how they were able to fund the the decoration of the altar. Yeah. So imagine. Okay. So imagine how many of you guys have ever won an award for something. A trophy, a medal, a book. Uh, something. Some of you might have won a PlayStation or an iPad or a television. If you've won a big prize or a big lottery, Dominic took the thing that he won uh, at, an, at an event and sold that because it was worth money to start raising the money to build something for Our Lady. Something that he wasn't going to get to keep, right? Like when you build an altar, you build a public place that other people can also pray. Well, his example not only not only did he build an altar or he start start it right. But his example of selling something he loved actually inspired the other guys, his friends, to do the same thing. They started looking around and going, what other things are attractive to people? Like, what what could I sell? And then they did it. Um, anyways, it's pretty amazing. Uh, in, in the month of May, they also we also read that Dominic made it his um, kind of goal to go to communion every single day in the whole month of May, which is actually pretty extraordinary. I mean, back then, I guess, in, in Dominic's situation, it would have been easier because they would have been going to daily mass at the oratory. So he would have a chance every day. Most of you who go to Catholic schools only get to go to mass once a week or twice a week, maybe. That depends on what your county or what your what school you're in. Uh, anyways, but he made it a point to try to go every single day. And and there's masses if you look around. There probably is a mass you can go to even outside of the school day, whether you're in Catholic school or not, whether you go to Catholic school masses every day or not. There's options to go in the evenings or early mornings, and you can go. And I think it's a great idea. Like, what if what if everybody in the month of May gave ourselves more fully to Jesus like Mary did. And like I know we celebrate Mary and we honor her that month, but really if we're honoring her, what we're trying to do is to imitate her, which is to honor her son. Like nothing makes Mary happier than um, than being the than being in the background. I mean, the other night I was talking to some guys outside there. The moon was really bright and full um, over the house of the sermon. We were outside after one of our Savio gatherings here at our Christmas party. And the moon was so, shining so brightly, like perfectly bright. And, uh, and I said, you guys know that's the symbol of Mary, the moon is. And uh, they said, yeah. And I said, it's because the only light that comes from the moon is light that's reflected. And the source of the light that's reflected off of the moon is from the sun. The sun. Thank you. Yeah. So S-U-N, right? But Mary is also the only reason that Mary is special is because of the light, capital L, that comes from her son, capital S. Um, and so anyways, it's it, anyways. so in the month of May, we need to honor Jesus or go more devotion to Jesus. And so we do that through Mary's example, through honoring her uh, and by imitating her and what she did, which is to accept Jesus fully into her own life. Anything else that you thought was interesting, Jacob? 
Um, I liked the part where uh, there was someone who came up uh, and started talking bad about um, religious subjects and priests and the like. And uh, some of the boys left, but some of them stayed. And then Dominic arrived and uh, shoot him off and said, don't stay here listening to such a degraded man. (laughs) (laughs) That's bold words. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. He's got a yeah. He must have been a courageous kid. And actually, it, it's it's likely that Dominic was a small guy. Like you know, many people um, follow the athlete, right? The big man on campus, as we say. Um, but Dominic was probably a very slight kid, a very skinny, small kid, because he was not terribly healthy and um, uh, just just physically. Um, not his not his fault. That's why he that's why he died early is because he just wasn't well. Um, anyway, so he probably wasn't a very big or robust kid. And so he, so the power of a of a small guy kind of standing up for what's right to all the other big guys. Uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, like that would be something to follow or something to see. Another thing that I thought was as good, it was a paragraph in here about uh, purity. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that young guys uh, struggle with. Um, and and not, not because that's like, not because they're bad, um, but just because as your body changes, that's what happens. So, you know, you're filled with, you're, you're, you're getting, your body's getting itself ready to be a, a dad, if that's what you're called to, right? Um, anyways, but you're not called to it now, um, not while you're a teenager. And so what Dominic did was try to, to try to keep pure was to give himself to our lady, to, to Mary, who was most pure. And, and I wonder if that's not what helped him to maintain his purity. And, and maybe if you're, if, if you're out there and you've maintained your purity so far, like, amen, hallelujah, good for you, right? Um, give yourself even more fully to Mary so you can keep that. Um, if you haven't been able to keep it, if you've fallen um, in some ways or if you are kind of in some bad habits, uh, turn to Our Lady. I mean, either way, uh, that's that's one of the beautiful things about the Catholic faith is that we're not a faith of perfectionists. Uh, we're a faith of people who are on the way to conversion. Um, that, that's our whole belief is that who you were in the past is not who you will be tomorrow. Um, if you make the choice today to accept Jesus and to follow him fully and to allow his grace to live in you. So if, if that's something that you struggle with, um, take it to confession. And when you go to confession, it is forgiven. If you're sorry and you say it, it's forgiven. And don't be afraid to say it. I say that all the time to, to guys that are that want to confess and they say something like, yeah, I was just doing things I shouldn't have done. Well, what kinds of things? Like murdering 10 people or like looking at images on the internet that you shouldn't look at? Like you just say it, you know? Like, And I know that it's, it's awkward and embarrassing. And I know you don't want to. And I know I, you know, I, know I, don't, I don't want to hear it, right? Um, but, but in the end, like you need to say it. Uh, every priest uh, is okay with hearing it because uh, we've heard it before. People struggle and, uh, and you'll feel so much better when you say it word, uh, say it uh, as it is, name it. Um, Anyways, and, and again, in confession, everything is, is absolutely secret. Um, the, the seal of confession is, uh, is perfect, um, and, and it cannot be violated. So anyways, take it to confession, get it off your chest, and then give yourself entirely to Our Lady. If you're not currently carrying a rosary in your pocket, do that. Put a rosary in your pocket, carry it every day. I don't care if you pray it every day. I mean, I do pray it every day. But at least put it in your pocket so it reminds you of Mary's uh, closeness. And when you're bored, take your thumbs off of your phone and put your thumb on your rosary and get a decade in, and then go back to Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else you're doing on, on your phone. Um, use the use the rosary as a way to kind of connect to um, Our Lady to kind of hold her hand. And if you're holding her hand, who is Our Lady most pure, yeah, you're much more likely to find purity yourself too. Jacob, any other final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, just one other thing. Um, another, another quality of, of Dominic Savio is that he is very visibly um you know devoted like people see him and they you know they it's very obvious how 
how close he is to to Mary and to Jesus. Um, you know, it says, it says um, the uh, the president of the sodality of Saint Aloysius saw him and didn't know who he was, but could tell that there was something incredibly special about this kid um, because there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Actually, and maybe you're one of those guys out there that people have come up to you a few times and said like, there's something special about you. Or they go to your parents and say, yeah, I think your son is, there's something about him that's just really deep or really interesting, or really inspiring. And so maybe, maybe they've even said like, I wonder if he could be a priest one day. Um, they said that about Dominic too. And Dominic Safia became a saint. And the reason that we know him today is because he did that and he listened. And the people who pointed in his direction, he realized that was the Holy Spirit telling him something, which was, God is calling you, God is calling me, God is calling all of us um, to grow in holiness, to be a beacon of light, to, to shine forth, as Jacob just said, for other people to see as a good example and as a model. So if you've heard that call or if you've been pointed out before, don't take that lightly. Um, in fact, uh, take it as a, as a bar to, to reach and as a, and as a challenge and maybe as, a, and maybe as an encouragement um, to be as good as you possibly can be. So any final thoughts, Jacob, before we wrap up? I think that's it. That's what I got. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life of Savio podcast. Uh, I hope that you will uh, continue to grow in virtue in your own life to follow St. Dominic Savio's example and join us next time for our next installment uh, where we can find out that holiness is for everyone. <laughs>